Welcome to Behavioral Health in the New Normal, a podcast developed by Prestige Community Resources, aimed at bringing healing back to our community through knowledge, expert advice, and positive messaging. The show is a joint venture between the Department of Behavioral Health and Prestige Community Resources, funded by SAMHSA in response to the challenges currently impacting our communities. Hosted by Paul Wells Sr., who uses over 30 years of extensive clinical social work experience to conduct insightful interviews with experts and professionals on a wide range of topics that impact the Washington, D.C. community. From behavioral health crisis to education to financial hardship and anything in between, this show will provide information and insights that will surely make a difference in your life. Good morning, guests. We are so excited to have you, and I'm pleased to present a podcast that represents a partnership between Department of Behavioral Health in Washington, D.C. and Prestige Mental Health Clinic. It's an honor, actually, to interview our guest today, the Honorable Charles J. Moreland Esquire. I've had the opportunity to have several meetings with uh, Dr. Moreland, and today I get to introduce you, uh, him to you. Uh, particularly as it relates to spirituality and recovery. The Honorable Charles Moreland was the first elected United States representative. And in fact, in 1990, the D.C. voters elected him to lobby the U.S. House of Representatives and uh, to admit D.C. as a state. In the substance abuse community, he is known for his active and stellar work. And in that spirit, he's developed a book series, Way to Freedom. And he's published three faith-based guides to recovery. The first book was entitled The Way to Freedom from Life's Many Addictions. His second book, The Christian Way to Freedom from Life's Many Addictions. And his third book, The Way to Freedom from Chemical Addiction. And I have good news, family. He's about to release his fourth book in December and is entitled The Spiritual Way to Freedom from Addiction. The core message in all of his books is that faith is a miracle cure for addiction. Let me say that again. Faith is a miracle cure for addiction. And I'm in agreement with that. So this is going to be an easy discussion because I, I'm, all, I'm all in this. I'm all in this philosophy and this theoretical model. And so, Dr. Moreland, we're so glad to have you as our guest today. How are you feeling this morning? Well, God is good to old men and babies. I have been both. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. And I'm Uh, grateful. In this time of great challenge for us as individuals and, in fact, for the whole world. Absolutely. Uh, So I want to give thanks to God Almighty. Yes, Uh, allowing us to be here. My prayer is that God will take us deep within today as we speak where self exists not. So we can be one with God. Yes. Okay. All right. So I tell you, you make, you're going to make this discussion very easy for me. Uh, why don't we start with just tell us a little bit about your background, just your personal background, your professional background. You know, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What are some of your professional accomplishments? Well, I was born in Griffin, Georgia in 1948. I moved to the District of Columbia in 1966, and I've been here since. I, I refuse to let gentrification drive me out of D.C. So. Yes, sir. And, yes, um, sir. What's important uh, today that I want to express 
is that I am a humble servant mm-hmm. with a mission. Okay. And so, um, I was given a mission, and like so many people who have uh, defeated addiction, okay. I made a promise to God mm-hmm. Almighty you did. that I would share with, uh, with the world the vision and the way that I was shown to freedom. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, an out-of-body or near-death experience because I was hard-headed and foolish mm-hmm. okay. in the young days. Uh, in fact, about 38 years ago. So years. I can offer testimony mm-hmm. that recovery can happen immediately and instantaneously yeah. with a profound spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And that is the message. I mean, and it lends it, and it lends itself to a long-term positive outcome, right? So it's a sudden experience that can happen, and it can transform your life, and it can be a lasting, permanent change that manifests. It's everlasting. In fact, I have had uh, several sessions where I had, you know, learned mm-hmm. psychologists and addiction counselors to to in my meetings. Yes. Openly say, well, uh, Mr. Morland, you really shouldn't tell people struggling with addiction that uh, they can be healed. Recovery, mm. recovery is an ongoing process. Okay. And uh, they say that with absolute certainty, certainty because they've been taught that Absolutely. once you're addicted, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. Well, that's definitely the AANA model, right? Yeah, the 12-step program suggests. Mm. I don't know how to get them off of that. And I, I asked oh. them, let me So what you're saying is that addictive substances are more powerful than God Almighty. That's what they're suggesting, yes. And so they immediately stumble. I said, the fact of the matter is that God can cure addiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Period. Mm. And God's cure is eternal and everlasting because there's something more powerful than addictive substances. There's a high and a Mm -hmm. feeling that is far greater than any feeling you can get from addiction. And that was spiritual awakening. And so they talk about a spiritual awakening in AA and NA. uh, And, and, you know, that's a part of the step work. They talk about the, the requirement or the suggestion to adhere to and acknowledge a higher power. So what's the difference in that message compared to your healing principle? Well, I respect uh, the uh, 12-step program. Mm -hmm. In fact, my teachings are compatible with 12-step, with all religions. But as far as the the 12 steps are concerned, my teachings are the final step. The final step. See, there's another step. I got you. You got 12 steps. The 12 steps ain't the end. That's another step. I got you. Now, one of the differences, if you'll notice, if you've ever been to 12-step programs, I'm sure you have, when you go to 12-step, and I've been to many, mm-hmm. and um, you see that addicts, people who are addicted, are there, and you see them participating in other addictions, because most addicts have multiple addictions, mm-hmm. addictions on top of addictions. Sure, okay. sure. They're addicted to a drug or some drug. Addicted to lifestyle, to, to, to lifestyle, to money, to sex. 
sugar, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They, they come there and they drink. They smoking cigarettes. That's right. They they smoking. They drinking coffee, eating donuts, mm-hmm. all kind of sugary stuff. So so you see them there, and, and so my approach is that you have to find something to replace your desires for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially mm-hmm. when you know that those those desires are destructive. Sugar yeah. is the most addictive substance on the planet. I agree. I found out about the, uh, the relationship between sugar and addiction really when I went to visit uh, a facility and I was talking to heroin addicts. Okay. And it, they continued to say that when you can't get, when they can't get heroin, you know what they do? What's that? They start eating candy bars. So that I found that there was a direct relationship between sugar addiction mm-hmm. and other addictions. For instance, if you smoke marijuana, okay, you get the munchies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what do you want? You, you want some, some candy bars or some sugar? Sugar is the most addictive substance on the planet and it's deadly and dangerous. I know that mm-hmm. because I was an a, uh, insulin-injecting diabetic 25 years ago. And the doctor told me that I would always be a diabetic. And I said, doctor, how can that be? Last week I was not on insulin. And now you tell me I have to take insulin for the rest of my life. I haven't taken insulin for 25 years. And was that the result of you modifying your behavior and changing your thinking? Well, you know, I was a sugarholic. Down soft, they call diabetes sugar. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's caused by eating carbs and, and being a sugarholic. So the first thing you do is you stop eating white crystallized sugar. White right. crystallized sugar is found nowhere naturally on earth. And so mm-hmm. diabetics have to realize that it's not because there's something wrong with them. It's because there's something wrong with the, what they're eating. And it is so, extremely difficult. I want to get us a little back a little closer topic. And I appreciate how you're relating and integrating information. But I want to stay specific to spirituality okay. and, and recovery. Uh, and you know what? It's interesting. You are a humble servant because I began the discussion by asking you to tell us about you. And you immediately, in a very uh, uh, humble way, shifted to giving information. And I respect that because you are a servant of recovery and delivery and healing because the focus obviously isn't today on you. You want it to be about healing. And so speaking of that, I want to drift right into your, your book series, The Weight of Freedom, if, if we could. And, and the core message is that faith is a miracle cure for addiction. Can you tell us more and expand on that, please? First of all, let me respond to your astute observation. Mm-hmm. If you read my books, nothing in my books is about me. A lot of books about addiction, uh, yeah. and even when you go to, mm-hmm. to uh, AA, 12-step programs, they spend a lot of time talking about their experience with addiction. And right. what I think about that is they really give too much attention to addictive substances. So my teachings are about the way to freedom. The way to freedom. Uh, okay. freedom. So when you talk about spirituality and recovery, there's an abundance of testimony from former addicts about how important spirituality is to recovery. That's right. And sobriety has been positively associated with spirituality. In retrospective studies, recovering addicts frequently reported spirituality as an important component of their recovery efforts. Now, most human behavior, as you know, Paul, is learned. Uh, this is also true of addictive behavior. 
Mm-hmm. Psychological research uh, has helped us to understand how people learn to engage in addictive behavior. Right. More importantly, this same research, research enables us to understand how people can unlearn behavior. Mm. Okay. The psychological cause of addiction is people's beliefs. This is because much of our behavior originates from our beliefs and our beliefs shape our thoughts, words, and acts. That's right. And of course, this is, includes addictive behavior. So when we talk about spiritual healing, mm-hmm. we're not talking about you healing your spirit. See, a lot okay. of people talk about spiritual healing. In fact, I was listening to some teachers, some experts, and they were talking about how your spirit needs healing. Well, the spiritual you is your internal guide, your intuition. Mm-hmm. The voice of reason in your head that lovingly tries to guide you in the right direction. The spiritual you is directly connected to the spirit of God in you and therefore cannot be addicted. You can't heal your spirit. Okay. Your spirit needs to heal you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. Right. People right. who are, are searching for right. spiritual healing, you need spiritual awakening so that your spirit can heal you. Mm-hmm. Okay. The spiritual you is directly connected to the spirit of God in you, and therefore it cannot be addicted. Mm. If you are addicted, you don't need to try to heal your spirit. Your spirit needs to heal you. And I'm, I'm going to repeat that. Otherwise, you reverse the natural order of things, and that is likely the cause of disharmony in your life. Let me give you an example. Go ahead. And then we have, I have to ask you a real important question about yeah. the spiritual awakening, but please proceed. If you fired up, okay, some weed today to listen to this discussion about spirituality, put the joint down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put the pipe down. The weed ain't going to help you. Right. Okay. If you're smoking a cigarette, put it out. Sugarholics, take the donut out your mouth. Because what we want to do is address the cause of addiction. And that being the fact that your desires control are controlling you rather than you. And I mean the spiritual you. And I'm talking directly to people who are listening. Because my message is directed to the spiritual you. Yes. That eternal, everlasting, God-centered aspect of your being. Tell me more about the spiritual awakening. You know, when you go to the rooms of A and NA, they talk about this moment of spiritual reckoning and that they have this newfound insight. And most people describe it as an immediate revelation and understanding about their true uh, spiritual needs and divine direction. And um, how does that play out? I mean, can you actually begin this journey of recovery and subsequently healing? without a spiritual awakening? Is that a critical part of the recovery process? Is that necessary? And without that, because we do know, dear brother, that we have persons who are working on recovery who don't believe in God, but yet they are able to achieve, and in some cases, maintain sobriety without that belief. So tell me more, expand on this spiritual awakening that you describe as very necessary uh, that's a part of the formula. That's, that's a part of the dosage that, that leads to a successful healing process. Can you help us understand? Well, when you talk about people not believing in God. Yes. Well, most people believe in something. Okay. And when you talk about spirituality, 
Spirituality is and happens as soon as you begin to contemplate the origin of your existence, okay? And so people may not say God, but that doesn't mean that they, they don't have access to spirituality because okay. the, spirit, the spirit in you is you. Some people call it intuition. Mm-hmm. But no matter what the name of it is, okay. it's the God of your understanding. So okay. spirituality distinguishes humankind from all other life forms. The meaning of spirituality reaches beyond the practice of a particular religion and includes any deep contemplation about human purpose. The guidance that you receive from the higher power of your understanding places Mm -hmm. you above every other species because other living creatures do not appear to have this ability. We consider spirituality to be the highest measure of humanity. Therefore, whenever your mind search within for meaning or enlightenment in any way or for help, that is spirituality because your spirit is what guides you and you have a spirit. Now, when you talk about people who don't believe in God, yes, uh, and I've had people to ask that same question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for just a minute, if you will let me just go to this place. Okay, and while you're doing that, I, I want to highlight this whole emphasis on faith and and the way I understand it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, faith is a process in itself to develop that. Faith is something that has to be proven and tried. And and it's not an immediate, it's not immediately accessible, particularly for someone who's hit their bottom. And so when you say faith is the miracle cure for addiction, I'm thinking that you have to really first cultivate and develop your faith as a part of that process. Because faith is not immediately available at the time of submission to your addiction. We are faithless. We are hopeless. Without direction and purpose, once we, when we get to this posture of submission. So faith has to be developed. And how does one properly develop faith? I would assume that they need a guide. They need a mentor. They need someone to help them on their faith journey. And where does that come? Who does that come from? Where do they get that? Let me take you beyond faith. Okay. Faith is essential. But my teachings are really, and that's why, why I'm writing a new book, The Spiritual Way. My teachings take you beyond faith. Okay. Because you can, through faith, mm-hmm. see, faith is a pathway. I see. See, faith is a pathway to knowledge of God. For instance, I don't have faith that you exist. I have knowledge that you exist. So for me to say, do you have faith in God? I would say, I know God. You see, there's a difference. Faith took me to knowledge of God. So when you talk about faith, you first have to search and believe, but then you will gain knowledge of God. And so for those people who don't believe in, Mm -hmm. I've been able in a few words to demonstrate beyond doubt the existence of God. So I say, give me, give me just one second. And while you're pulling up that information. I have it in my head. Oh, okay. 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 (laughs) So, and there are so many ways. Uh, In fact, scientists, uh, even Einstein, they have found that everything has a consciousness. Mm -hmm. There is a consciousness in the universe. There's a universal consciousness. 
So most people get twisted on what the meaning of God is. God is not an individual human. The concept of God is so great that you can't conceive of it. Okay. So to try to put God in one particular place, no, God is the consciousness of the universe. Now, let me show you. Let me prove the existence of God scientifically. As scientists have, have done this, real quick. Real quick. If something, if you go up to a place and you see some structures in some buildings and you wonder if they are natural or if they were made by a conscious being, mm-hmm. you would know that there's a conscious being, okay, that there's a conscious creator if you found a blueprint. Am I right? Mm-hmm. If you found a blueprint for, the, for what you see, you know that there's a higher consciousness that created these structures. Well, it just happens that when you look at human beings, for instance, we have found the blueprint. It's chromosome and DNA. So if there's a blueprint, there has to be a creator. I got you. And that's one of those people who look at the science. And I I was just listening to some speakers the other day who were talking about how ridiculous this scientific concept of the Big Bang Theory, that all of a sudden, out of nothing, came the universe. That is impossible. You can't get something out of nothing. So there had to be a creator. Ms. Morland, can, can you give me very specific steps on how to use spirituality towards a path of recovery? If you could give me three or four steps, succinct steps, the process of how to use spirituality in recovery, what would that be? I do appreciate why you're thinking about your response. I really appreciate how you describe the importance of faith and this concept of spirituality. I definitely appreciate the mes- message of inclusion that people from all religions and faiths can practice this, this process of spirituality. But can you give me two or three steps, specific steps of um, how to get on this path of recovery? Yeah, and, and that is a great question and, and, and it really, really demonstrates the extent of your knowledge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about spirituality and recovery. In my book and my teachings, all of my writings, in addition to the principles of spirituality, I offer spiritual exercises. Yes, let's hear about so, it. So let me give you simple exercises. For instance, right now, anybody listening and you, just say these words, my face, my face, my nose, my body. Mm-hmm. Mine infers possession. So there's a part of you that is saying, I own my body. That part of you that is saying that is what? That's the spiritual you, okay? That should contribute to an awakening. Now, one thing about addiction, one thing about addiction, addiction causes an awakening and an awareness of your spirituality because addicts find that they may want to do something. They may want to stop using drugs, but there's a part of them that will not. Okay. So it causes an awareness and mm-hmm. awakening. And that's why once addicted addicts are healed, they have a higher level of spiritual awareness because they have struggled against the desires of the flesh, which has caused an, a, spiritual, a spiritual awakening. Yeah, Mr. Morland, you're, you're absolutely right. You know that in my life has become unmanageable. If you come into the rooms of recovery in that posture, uh, that leaves a lot of room to be filled with 
other information with spirituality and growth, right? If I admit that I'm powerless and come in as an empty vessel, that means now I can work and improve and uplift and focus on cultivating this, this whole notion of spirituality, which was there all of the time, right? What you're saying is my spirit was always with me. It just needs to be understood differently and used to my advantage in, in my recovery experience. I want to go a little further because we only have 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes left. We've, you've given us such rich information. You have to practice recovery in a building, in a temple, in a mosque, in a church. I don't believe you're describing or you're not suggesting it's necessary to practice your faith and spirituality in a building, in a mosque, in a masjid, in a church, in a temple. The work that you're proposing and suggesting can be done outside of these more formal contexts. Am I correct in that? Yeah. In addition to your your, your body being your temple, you, you, you've heard that before. But uh, this is a spiritual journey, the way to freedom from life's many addictions. And um, while drugs and alcohol have the power to control your mind and body, no chemical can subjugate that transcendent, innermost, God-centered part of you, the spiritual you. Mm-hmm. And my message to everybody who's struggling with addiction is that nothing can nullify your right to govern yourself, to control yourself. For the cosmic reality is that you are more than your mental and physical assets. Mm-hmm. You are greater than your desires. You are human soul, the bridge between heaven and earth, the supreme manifestation of divine love. So we were talking earlier about the how, Mm -hmm. and I just want to pivot back to that again. You see that I can pivot. I see you. I'm watching. (laughs) So one of the things that you can do to to strengthen yourself spiritually, another thing, one of the exercises, very simple, very quick one, and then there's another one I want to point to real quick. You can, because I know we only have a couple minutes, go look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. If you look in a mirror that shows your whole body good, but if not, if it's only your eyes, look into your eyes mm-hmm. and command yourself. In other words, the spirit of you look deep within and sure. you command yourself to stop using drugs. You understand that there's a spiritual aspect of your being that can command your physical self and your desires to stop doing what you don't want to do. Another one real quick that'll take you there. And that's it. That's it. When you talk about faith, Jesus, when asked what was the most important commandment, said, love the Lord thy God with all your being. And most people today take that as a commandment, but it's not a commandment. It is a gift because the feeling of love will liberate you. The power of love in itself, when you say these three words, I love you to anybody, or the person that's hearing experiences a, a joy and, and, and their physical results of that. And also the person who speaks those three words, I love you. But when you say, I love you to God, then those feelings are magnified. So in my books, I teach you the power and the joy of feeling love for God, because that yeah. will replace your desire to get high. And as long as you're struggling to resist something that you truly desire, then relapse is inevitable. But the, inevitable. Power, but the power of loving God yeah. will give you an ecstasy beyond your imagination. And that will replace the desire to get high. It's more line that, you know, I really appreciate, um, again, uh, this information. And I began the segment trying to understand the potential conflict with 
the concepts and model of A and NA and your model of spiritual recovery, uh, I don't see a conflict. I see it goes hand in hand as a partnership, right? In fact, mm-hmm. in A and NA, they, they ask you and challenge you to develop your spiritual self. And so people in the rooms understand how important this area of recovery is. You're suggesting it's the most important. And you're also suggesting without focusing on your spiritual self, you probably won't achieve a good outcome in a longstanding uh, life of sobriety. Uh, And I appreciate that. And I know it to be true. For those who practice their faith, you generally see a good outcome. in fact, it's, it, the conflict is if I operationalize my faith and I'm following the tenets of Islam, it's very difficult for me to deviate back into addiction if I'm following those five pillars. The same thing, the tenets of Christianity and Judaism. Listen, let me, one last question, and then I want you to tell people where, to, where they can reach you and purchase your books. But what is the biggest obstacle right now for persons who are recovering from substances? What is the biggest obstacle that they're facing right now in their efforts to get clean and sober? I think there are a number of challenges right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I speak about that with the understanding of the crisis milieu within which we are operating. Yes. The, um, this pandemic. The pandemic, global warming. Opiate uh, epidemic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unemployment mm. and a pending economic crisis. Right. So the challenge right now for people who are struggling with addiction is for those people to see how necessary and important it is for them to defeat this spiritually blinding plague of addiction. Because if you cannot free yourself so that you can receive the advice, the guidance, the direction, the instruction that God has for you, you're going to perish. See, that's a message out here. Why right now it is so important for worldwide, for humanity, okay, to awaken spiritually. And those people who have suffered from addiction understand better than anybody that there is a a spiritual you that is struggling against the desires of self. You've been made to see that. Yeah. So your challenge now is to awaken. Awaken. Strengthen. Strengthen. And the last step is once you free yourself, once you heal yourself, then you go out and help other people yeah. find healing. Listen, I appreciate the time, Mr. Borland. This, this has been great. Faith is the miracle cure. I'm going to encourage everyone to purchase the series of books you've developed to help be the guide for those who want to more fully develop their spirituality and work towards recovery. Where, where can people purchase your, your books? My website is The Way From Addiction. I was very fortunate years ago to get that dot .com. The Way From Addiction dot com. The Way From Addiction dot com. Anybody that goes on the site and uh, mentions Prestige, mm-hmm. I'll give them a free copy of the book. Uh, and that's between now and Christmas. And uh, you'll get a uh, copy of my ebook for the, the spiritual way. And let me just. just Mr. Moreland, could you repeat the website one more time just so that everyone's clear on that? www.thewayfromaddiction.com. Mm-hmm. www.thewayfromaddiction.com. 
in parting, let me say that to, and I'm speaking again to the, to the spiritual you, to everybody who's listening. You alone have the authority to enter the mental and sensual planes of your consciousness to correct the character flaws that made addiction possible in your life. Since addiction is an internal fault, you must wage the battle to defeat it in the deepest sanctums of your soul where self has no place. And so the prayer that I introduced in the beginning is what you should ask God. Mm-hmm. Take your consciousness deep within where self exists not so that you can become one with God and that will help you awaken spiritually. Thank you so and, much. And one last thing. One of the things I've, I've asked many people who are addicted who have not been able to recover and they say, I've talked to some people who say, I've done everything. I've tried, I've tried. And I asked them a simple question. Have you asked God? Have you asked God? And let's close with that. Let's challenge our audience and those persons who are benefiting from your scripted way of towards recovery to ask God. That's your faith. Ask God. There you go. There you ask God. Honorable Charles J. Moreland, we thank you. We honor you. We respect you. We appreciate your service to the recovering community and all the, the folks in the country and the DMV specifically. Thank you so much for being on our show. And again, I'm encouraging everyone to reach out, go to the website, purchase the books. I heard him say that if you reference Prestige between now and Christmas, you'll get one copy for free. But there is a series. I understand there's the fourth book is coming out just uh, very shortly. What's the date, the release date for your newest book? Well, we're going to have the ebook out probably by December 5th. My instructions have been that we get it out before Christmas. All right, I'm excited. And I know it's going to be beneficial to the body of those who are serious about recovery and healing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, be blessed, be encouraged, and be safe. Thank you. Thank you, Prestige. And thank you, Mr. John Smith. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.